Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of the Coffee Podcast. My name is Jesse Hartman and with me again was Peterson. What are we talking about, Wes? Today, we are going to break apart and expand the foundations of coffee brewing. Starting, again, again, starting with brew ratios. That's right. We're going to go a little deeper. In fact, a lot deeper than the second episode we released about basic home brewing. Uh, And we're going to talk about extraction today. So if... You've been wanting to hear about extraction. Today is your day. Right. Uh, And the very foundation of extraction, I guess you could say, would start with your brew ratio. What's your coffee to water? What's your recipe for your morning morning brew? Um, Now this, as we stated in the second episode, is a way to dial in the strength of your brew. So how do we know if we need to dial in the strength? Well, there are a couple of uh, taste identifiers which can help us. Um, and let's look at mouthfeel. So with, with mouthfeel, um, if, you have a less, uh, if you have a lesser um, strength coffee, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a little watery. It's going to be a little watery. That's right. Uh, and if you have a lot of solids, which is a stronger brew, it's going to be very uh, lipid, thick. Very French pressy. In a way. <laughs> That's a very good good point. So what goes into our decision when uh, trying to figure out a brew ratio? Well, I'll tell you what goes into my decision. Uh, as I'm tasting my coffee, you know, normally I've got my, my ratio kind of down pat, so I'm thinking of other things. But initially I would think, well, is this kind of watery? Is mm. it not watery? Is it too coffee-y? You know, what's going on? And maybe we can talk about that a bit. If I may ask, what is too coffee-y? Nothing. I was I was trying to explain <laughs> this to, to someone the other day, and it's almost as if the strength of your coffee is almost muting the notes of your of your brew. Yeah, it is uh, between the uh, you know the coffee itself and the water, you know, kind of merging together. There is sort of this ballerina thing going on. There's this balance of flavors that needs to happen, mm-hmm. and the water is so vital to that. Right. Um, and so you can't just like you can't just dissolve all the coffee in, into the liquid and think, oh, this is going to be delicious because it's probably not. So what you're saying, Jesse, is if we have too many solids in our cup, that could could affect the flavor, and oh, it, could, it most could... definitely affects okay. the flavor. So um, when you look at brew ratio or perception of flavor, sorry, I would, yeah, perception of flavor. So with our brew ratio, um, do you always use the same ratio, uh, whether you're going to be brewing filter, manual pour over, or with immersion? Do you change that at all? You know, actually, so I would say, yeah, I I do change it. I mostly keep the same ratio for homebrew stuff. Um, it's well, just a good starting point. What is that? What's your um, a one to fifteen ratio, okay. roughly? Um, but I will say for things like you know you end up doing like a Japanese ice. Say you're using a clever, you're gonna totally need to change the way that you're brewing your coffee because you're gonna depending on how you're doing it. But because it, the ice will dilute right. a little bit. So each time you approach a brew method, and for you beginners, I'll encourage you to stick to one for now. Stick to one brew brew method and find a ratio. Start at one to fifteen and 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 see like oh am i liking this and then from there we will adjust what we're about to talk about later on uh for for me um i found that i have a quite significant 
uh, a different brew ratio for filter and immersion. Interesting. Uh, and, and I'll get into that a little bit because with filter, um, it's your, your water and your coffee don't have the entire length of your brew time in contact with each other. You know, the very first drops of your bloom, they're going to go through your filter and drop out in, let's well, just it say, depends. 40 seconds. Yeah, it depends, because Clever has a has a filter. Well, so. right, because that's an immersion. Right, right, it's full immersion. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. You're saying, like, a, okay. The contact that the coffee <clears throat> grounds have with water, I think, um, you know, you need to change your brew ratio for that. For for instance, with me, I agree. With the 1 to 15 ratio for for filtered coffee is hard to beat. I That's what I go to. Um, right. But with immersion, I kind of dial it back to a 1 to 16 because all the coffee particles are completely in contact with water the entire time. So each particle is having, in a way, kind of a longer uh, extraction period. Right. So you don't need as much, you don't need as many particles extracting as you would, say, a filter um, than you do in an in immersion because immersion, all the particles have X amount of time to extract. Right, and you, and you'll notice too if you go to your local shop, and if ever in the past you said, "Oh, I want a French press grind," it's normally coarser, and that's another thing they're trying to decrease extraction because they know it's going to be sitting in there for a longer bit of time. So it's not a one size fits all. It is never a one size fits all until science wins. Right, and going into <laughs> to science, let's try and break open the can of worms that is extraction. You want to break the news to him, or should I? I feel like you have earned it. <laughs> so, <laughs> extraction is a number. It is a quantifiable number, and it is um, formulated by using TDS. TDS. Let me define that for you. Total. Please. What? Total. Uh huh. <laughs> Total dissolved solids. If I'm ever not interrupted on the T. <laughs> Total dissolved solids, people. When you hear TDS. When your barista throws the word TDS and kind of winks at himself, yeah, he's not that cool because now you know it stands for Total Dissolved Solids. Yeah, he'll never pull one over your eyes ever again. That's right. So uh, TDS is expressed in parts per million. Now, if you have a standard refractometer, you will be able to get the parts per million, and you can convert that into a TDS percentage. Now... Uh, to convert it, you divide the parts per million by 10,000. For example, if you have 10,000 parts per million divided by 10,000, your TDS percentage will be 1. 1%. Right. Exactly. So, let's let's use that. That is our that's how we convert parts per million into a percentage. Now, okay. And and let's pause here. If you're not driving in your car, uh, I encourage you to kind of get a notebook out and we'll give you some good resources for these things as well But we're gonna be dropping some numbers. We're gonna be dropping some uh, things that are kind of hard to remember. So um, Write that down TDS total dissolved solids uh, Write down the equation Wes just gave you there. Can you give that again? Just so so we divide the parts per million by 10,000 and that will give us our TDS percentage Okay now that TDS percentage goes into our extraction yield formula, which is essentially our extraction yield. It's, it's what, when people start talking about what's your extraction, um, this is the number they'll, they'll give you. And this is formulated by the amount of brewed coffee multiplied by your 
total dissolved solids percentage divided by the grounds. For example, let's talk about espresso. If you pull a 36 gram shot of espresso mass on a scale and you multiply that by 10% TDS, so that is our, our output multiplied by our TDS and we figured out how to convert that before. Right. Um, and then we multiply, or then, I'm sorry, we divide that by our input. So if you have an 18 gram dose going into your portafilter and you pull a 36 gram shot at a 10% TDS, our extraction yield will be 20%. Now let's pause. Getting your TDS takes having a refractometer. Yes. Um, having a refractometer takes money. <laughs> so do not be discouraged. We do not think you have a refractometer at your house. And if you do, then please share it with your neighbor <laughs> and, and share it with us too. Right. It, those aren't the sort of things that you can just find. We're talking about this to discuss the science. So don't think you need to have one of these at home, okay? Right. And, uh, and that just goes into it. Why does this matter? Well, extraction yield will tell us scientifically whether or not our coffee is under or over extracted. And let me pause right here. There's a phrase that a good friend of mine, Tyler, used to say all the time. He would say, the numbers don't lie. Hmm. And in this case, the TDS doesn't lie. What the TDS is, if you're doing it properly with refractometer, its extraction yield tells us, and Wes said it scientifically, it's a number about under or over extraction. It's a percentage, right. There's, a percentage. There's, there's a target zone. Well, not the TDS isn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Right. Let's not get confused here. <laughs> Let's not confuse ourselves here. <laughs> so yeah, the extraction yield will tell us whether or not our coffee is over or under extracted. Okay. And what is the framework by which we know if something's under or over? What are the percentages and how did we get to those? Well, Professor E.E. E. Lockhart, um, he was a professor at MIT, uh, actually came up with this extraction yield formula um, in 1950, and it was validated by the SEAA shortly hereafter. But let's get into let's get into what we can take away from this. Right. So, as we discussed in the second episode, an under-extracted brew will taste a little sour. And in this case, the number that is associated with under extraction is any extraction yield under 18%. Right. And uh, for our bitter or over extracted components, that's anything that extracts over 22%. So we're looking at a, a target extraction yield of 18 to 22%. Right. Now, if you're a numbers guy, awesome. Take these as notes, but that's just. We're getting down and dirty with extraction here. I'm getting down and dirty with <laughs> extraction. Yeah, that sounds really strange. Um, but it does move us along sort of to the next thing here, which is strength. Which is, yeah, how this all ties into strength. So uh, I mean, I have a lot of strength, so I don't know if I need to sit around <laughs> for this part. All right. Uh, so the strength defined is known as the solubles concentrated. Uh, in simpler terms, it's how concentrated or watery the coffee is. We kind of started off, kicked off the episode this with, with, with brew ratio. Um, so the relationship that brew ratio 
extraction percentage yield and, and strength have in common is that the brew ratio and the extraction multiplied equals our strength, the strength of our brew. And and we can we can really get in, in to explain this. I was we were Jesse and I were talking before the episode. Extraction is never going to be the same. A lot of stuff goes into extraction, grind setting, water temperature. Well, a lot of things change extraction. Right. So many tiny things. So for the sake of sanity and for the sake of time, we are going to keep extraction at 20%. And just to clarify, for the people listening that are like me that would be hearing this for the first time, hear what I'm saying. Extraction is normally always changing what we are doing is for the sake of talking about it we're going to freeze it at 20 percent right and and you're going to see why we're going to freeze it at 20 percent here in a little bit um because what i really want to get down to is is the brew ratio and 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 kind of prove in a way why brew ratio matters um because brew ratio is the amount of coffee to water right and the extraction yield, all it tells us is the percentage of that um, of that brew ratio that dissolved into our cup. So depending on the concentration of our brew ratio and the percentage of our extraction, the strength of your cup will vary depending on these two factors. Do you mind if I give the example please, that I wrote down? Please. All right. So I want you to think of, in simple terms, one unit of coffee to two units of water that would be a one to two ratio um and so consider that the water you have um is two and the coffee you have is one and we're keeping extraction frozen at 20. so 20 percent of the one would be 0.2 particles of coffee right and that's going to be expanded over two units of water. Now if you change that, you keep the coffee the same and you have one unit of coffee, you still have at a 20% extraction 0.2 particles of coffee. Now if you increase the water to 10 and now you have a 1 to 10 ratio, that 10 units of water is now kind of overwhelming the particles of coffee that is still at 0.2. So may I ask a question? Ask a question. If we have one gram of coffee yes, and two grams of water right, and our extraction yield is 20%, right, then 20% of that one gram of coffee will be inside that two grams of water. Right. So let's, let's up the ante here. We've got one gram of coffee uh, to our one part of coffee to 10 parts of water. Right. And we take our extraction at 20%. It's the there same is still, amount. There's still 20% of that one gram inside that now increased 10 parts water in the point yes the thing you want to take away here is we've increased the the distance between um coffee and water we've increased the amount of water and therefore there's more water in the cup but the there's the same same. amount of extraction yeah and so i mean now you can kind of logically say well duh it's going to taste more watery right because there's a lot more water to coffee particles exactly so that is how Brew ratio, if we keep extraction at a constant, will affect directly the strength of your coffee. 
So that, that makes brew ratio pretty important. Yeah, brew ratio is super important. Now we've made some major, major adjustments, but we've made those adjustments in light of the fact that we're trying to prove something here about the brew ratio itself, and that right. is that it does affect the way your coffee tastes. Right, the strength of your brew. Um, and, and now let's get into extraction, because we froze that for um, just for for theory's sake, we froze that earlier, but now we're going to open that up because as you were saying, extraction is always going to be changing. It's always going to be changing and let's go quickly through some things that change extraction. Just, we're going to mention, we're not going to explain everything because we're going to go into grind. Um, but one, water temperature. Right. Uh, two, um, the amount of coffee that you're putting into uh, your brew method. Brew ratio. Uh, right. Yeah, brew ratio. Three, um, the amount of water that you're putting into it. Now, that might just sound contradictory to what hmm. we just said, but remember now extraction's no longer frozen. We're talking about extraction as a variable now because right. it's it's changing. Right. Um, and, and brew so, time. And yeah, brew time. And then we're going to talk about right now grind. So why is grind setting important? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, the illustration we used last time was pouring through rocks the it's gonna it's porous i mean it's gonna okay. it's gonna go quickly the, the fluid is going to go quickly through rocks it's going to go slowly through sand what is the difference between rock and sand is the fineness of of the rock so what you're saying is that uh that grind setting directly relates to brew time yes okay why would you say this i would I would say, um, wait, brew time relates directly to grind setting. <laughs> so, so why why does grind setting have anything to do with brew time? Why is this important? Oh, because what, yeah, what, yeah. Let's get down to it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, so teach I, me. Teach me, Jesse. So I basically just said it. So say we're we're sitting down, and for the sake of the, for the sake of it, we're using a Chemex and okay. we're pouring, and and you notice right. like, wow. The water is just kind of drip, drip, drip. Oh man, this coffee is going to take eight minutes. Okay. Well, what's wrong? Well, hey, let me adjust it to like a little bit coarser here. And then the next time it's like drip, drip, drip. Oh, I've done something there. Wait, I didn't really notice a difference. Oh, well, I in did. The, in the, in the, <laughs> in so, the intervals between drips and drips. The, the point is coarser, it's going to be a faster brew time. Okay. Um, smaller grinds have more surface area. Okay. For one, um, so you're going to be uh, extracting um, a little faster. Would you say with smaller grinds? Yeah, like more surface area. Yeah, it would extract faster. With smaller grinds, I would say it would it would be. Um, I think you're saying the opposite of what you mean. I'm thinking with, that with surface area, as we increase surface area, right. that's leaving more particles exposed to contact with our water, which means right. the smaller the grind setting, the more surface area, meaning the faster they will dissolve into our brew. Oh, and I'm sport, sorry. I'm I think, sorry. I think you're confused. I think I'm talking <laughs> about something different. This is awesome. <laughs> so let's clarify. Let's get everybody back on the boat right. here. <laughs> All right, you're talking about extraction. I'm talking about grind setting in in, in its um, relationship to to brew time. Right, right. And I'm using extraction uh, as as a way to justify that. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of it, you know, because I I like to think about things weird. So I don't know. Maybe I'm 
Well, no, no, no. I think I think what I was talking. So what I was talking about still makes sense. So yeah, totally. If you're if you're if you're making, uh, if if it's a slow drip, you're increasing extraction because there's more surface area, and also the water is sitting within the grounds longer. Okay. Um, With larger grinds, you have less surface area uh, exposed, um, and therefore it's going to extract slower. But you're gonna brew quickly. Now, now this all makes sense for um, manual pourer devices. But let's put this into a vacuum. Let's talk about immersion for a little bit. Because yeah, let's do I, it. I feel like we've completely, kind of, almost just, just taken immersion out of the conversation. So let, let's let me give you a vacuum here. We're 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 making a French press, okay, and. And the the amount of brew time is completely dependent on you. You get to choose your brew time. Right. So let's say you've got two French presses sitting there, and you've got one with a finer grind setting, and you've got another with a coarser grind setting. What would you do with these two French presses? Which one would you plunge first, for instance? Which one would you let sit longer? Right. And well, why? I think easier. Let's plunge them at the same time and talk about how they're gonna taste. Okay. So say we plunge them both at four four minutes. Okay. And the one that has finer coffee, you're gonna have a lot more flavor. Um, and that goes back to surface area. The fact that we've exposed more more coffee particles, so to speak, right. to the water, and therefore right. the it dissolved. Right. more solids within the liquid so there was more of an extraction there was more of an extraction now in the slower one it might taste better because you want full immersion methods to have kind of a coarser grind right but why is that because of over extraction it's yeah it's because it's easy to over extract something when it's just sitting in water for four minutes right okay right. that makes sense that makes sense and this all goes without ta- even t- beginning to talk about agitation okay yeah okay <laughs> that's just one more variable we don't have time to discuss we today. Do not. Uh, so, so that's kind of it's almost like touching base with uh, extraction yield percentage, right. per se, because the extraction yield percentage gives us the amount of solids that dissolved into our cup. Right. 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 So in the in the finer grind coffee, you would have a a higher extraction yield percentage, right? Like we could be pushing twenty two, twenty three. Right. So we, so we could over extract because surface area. Uh, was larger um and whereas opposed to the coarser grind setting uh the the extraction yield percentage might be a little lower sure perhaps so so let, let's talk practically here so wes you've just done this experiment at your house it's like the first time you've been brewing a french press right what kind of adjustments are you going to make to your grinder are you going to are you going to say oh man i was at 15 i'm going to switch it all the way down to good all three or are you going to switch it half a uh, half notch you know what kind of adjustments are you making and why you know um and i'm that kind of guy where i take things to the extreme so when i'm going to uh, adjust my grind setting i kind of do it drastically at first if i find and for instance just this last week i was helping uh, a good buddy of mine aaron moxley under the handle mr foxley via Instagram. Mr. Um, Folks. We uh, we found that we were brewing, per se, um, a little less extracted. So instead of wasting three days 
making small incremental steps, I just, you know, I decided, hey, let me try to extract more. Let me try and over extract this. Let me just try it because if I can over extract it um, one time, then I can start to, to cut back on the grind setting until I find a good marker. And, and that actually worked for us. Hmm. We, uh, we, we, we jumped it on our, uh, on our Baratzas from say an eight all the way to a two. And we didn't even have to dial it back. It was just like right on the spot. Hmm. Just, and I could imagine we could have wasted an entire week every single day sure. making that one adjustment. But, but for espresso, I would not oh, recommend large yeah. jumps at all. No, <laughs> not no, not no, at no, all. No. In fact, if you're working in a shop um, at all, make micro adjustments. That's my advice to you. When you're at home, you're going to be wasting coffee if you're making micro adjustments. And by the time you get to the sweet spot, that coffee might be off your <laughs> right. off your counter and they might have stopped selling it at your favorite shop. So it's like, you know, you don't have a lot of time to dilly-dally. So, But once... Honestly, once you've really dialed in one of your coffees for homebrew, they should be roughly close to it if if things are right. Right. Um, but anyway, let, let's move on a little bit. Uh, we did talk about brew time. Um, exactly. I think I think it's important to clarify one more time that the confusion that I I, I kind of had earlier wasn't really confusion. So what we talked about was if you increase say you have a neutral zone and then from that neutral zone you increase uh the fineness of your grind so you you make it finer and you're pouring the coffee and so it's going to come out slower while think this brew time has increased and extraction has increased because of surface area so two things are actually increasing extraction it's brew time because it's taking a longer time to brew right and two it's general extraction because of the fact that the surface area has increased right so you're almost um, compounding that extraction totally interesting yeah uh, so I guess a good thing to take away from today um, w- with brew time is if you're using a manual pour device the grind setting can can kind of bite you in the in the rear end if you're not really careful ouch oh sorry that was my <laughs> I mean, if, if you have it a little too fine it could choke up in your brew uh, which increases like you said increases brew time it increases extraction and it could result in an undesirable bitter brew where you know quite the opposite if you have a too coarse like for a french press and then you forget that you're about to brew a chemex so you leave it on the same grind setting and your water just rushes through like there's no tomorrow right and you, you finish your brew in like a minute and 30 seconds, yeah, that's probably going to be, you know, a little sour, a little grassy, and, and that's definitely a little too fast. So today we've kind of overloaded the senses with, with numbers and science talk. Uh, and, and I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to make an episode about this because even if you don't have a refractometer, you can still take away a lot from this episode. Um, we basically covered the foundation of extraction, being able to define brew ratios, understanding how extraction works, and how they both directly correlate into the strength of your cup. Now this will all enable you, the home brewer, to be able to make educated decisions while dialing in your brew, knowing the relationship between grind setting and brew time as we were just discussing. Uh, this will help you when you're you're trying to dial in your grinder with any brew method, even even immersion. Right. Um, and and I have a little I have a little project for everybody. 
uh, I just thought of, and it was super helpful to me when I was thinking of brew time extraction and those things. What you do is you take uh, whatever device you're gonna brew in. Um, in fact, don't use full immersion for this. Use a use like a Chemex or or something like that. And so take uh, allow the beginning of the brew to drip into a cup, and then switch the cup, and let the next part drip into it and then switch the cup and do that about three times divide the time or divide the weight into about three so that you can taste the beginning of the brew the middle of the brew and the end of the brew and you're gonna notice you can taste uh, specifically the sours at the beginning the sweetness in the center mm. and the bitterness in the third cup right. and um, being able to taste those things is really important because it helps you to have an illustration for understanding how it's extracting right uh, understanding why your coffee tastes the way it does is super crucial to the home brewer. Being able to make those simple changes on your grind setting will will save you, you know, weeks and perhaps months of frustration with your brew, with your coffee. Yeah, and and I think a lot of the time it's easy to turn away from a coffee because you think, oh man, this doesn't taste good. I've been brewing all my coffee the same in the same brew pot and I, you know, some people don't even clean their brew pots, but taking this to the next level and, you know, being that person who right. says, hey, like I want to taste coffee for the way it was meant to be tasted right? and, and kind of taking it seriously. Right, and of course, all of this comes more easily, uh, you know, with experience, with trial and error. But knowing these fundamentals and applying them to your daily brew life will dramatically change the way you think, prepare, and discuss brewing coffee. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Tune in again next week for another episode of the Coffee Podcast. Happy brewing!